everybody, Matt Yankovic, Head of Open Source Strategy here at Percona with another episode of The Hoss, that's me, Talks Foss. Yes, we're here to give you the best in the open source space. Today, we've got an extra special episode, so we love it that you've tuned in to watch. So I'm here with Lucas Etter, the founder and CEO of Juke, J-O-O-Q. Um, hi, Lucas, how are you doing today? Great, how are you doing, Matt? Great, wonderful. So I, I saw, you know, you know your 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 uh, framework out there, and uh, was really intrigued. And I know that as a DBA, as someone who's come from the database background, I always had to deal with you know problem queries. I always had to deal with applications that were of concern. And a lot of times, the problem ended up being the ORM, and a lot of times, it ended up being hibernate. Um, and so I'm sure that you've experienced that as well. Um, because well, can I quote you on yeah, that? You can, you can <laughs> quote me on that all you want. Uh, you know, so <laughs> I, I, I've, I've noticed that, you know, uh, hibernate and ORMs like Ruby and rails and, and other, uh, other ORMs tend to have, um, problems generating efficient query. And so that's why Juke was so interesting. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about Juke. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people that I work with, that I deal with, would be very interested in uh, you know, what Juke is and how it works. Yeah, excellent. So uh, Juke is an alternative. So essentially what it really does is it's an internal domain-specific language that models the SQL language as a language inside of Java. So you can use the Java compiler to type check your SQL queries instead of having it externally to Java. So alternatives that used to exist before were like JDBC. With JDBC, you have just strings you can pass around. There are other utilities like MyBatis and uh, other libraries, but Juke really models the entire SQL language as a Java API. And it has a code generator that generates your database schema. So that means whenever you rename something, your, your queries won't compile. Just like when you have views inside of your database, you have dynamic SQL in, in, in Juke. So that's what Juke does. It's not really rocket science. It's just uh, merely, merely an, an internal diesel, um, which exists in a lot of languages. But I think Juke is the most sophisticated that has ever been created in, of this kind. So Juke has uh, been around for... 12 years now and now supports about 25 uh, relational database dialects and a lot of features uh, of all the different vendors. And what I really saw interesting was you, you, you have the capability to really refine the SQL code itself. Uh, you know, with, with Hibernate, there's there's a limited amount of options that you have, and it looks like you have a lot more capabilities to build uh, deeper, richer SQL statements and, and really get into a lot more fine-grained exactly. detail. So, so the, the idea of Juke is you actually want to write SQL, but you want to write SQL in Java. And you don't want to have it external to Java, but internal to Java. So, But you want to write exactly what you what, what you know, what you like, an inner join, an outer join, whatever kind of union, whatever kind of operator, lateral join, or, or something really fancy like JSON or XML nested in SQL. And you want to write exactly that, and Juke will help you write exactly that but by removing all the, the, I'd say, ugly parts of SQL. So... Some of the ugly parts of SQL are the syntax is kind of weird. So it's not a very modern syntax. It's not very composable. So if you if you want to have dynamic SQL, for instance, and it's a, it's a frequent requirement where you have a subquery that you only want to join under certain conditions, mm -hmm. this is super easy with Juke. You will never run into any syntax errors because you forgot that in this database product, you have to add parentheses around this uh, subquery or you have to name your derived table X or Y or whatever. 
Duke will handle all of these little things, but give you all the strength of SQL at the same time without hiding it. So that's the, the main difference. Yeah, that's fair. That's, I say you, you said, oh, oh, I was going to say that's JPA, very cool. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Well, you said Hibernate uh, generates bad SQL at times. I, I don't think Hibernate actually does that. Hibernate generates good SQL, but the difficulty is it doesn't give you that control that Juke does, for instance. So if you know exactly I want to have this kind of query and I need these uh, five tables here, and with Hibernate, sometimes it's difficult to foresee what kind of joins are going to be produced. Well, obviously, with experience, you can you can foresee that, but let's say a junior developer might not know this, and maybe the code already ships to production and you haven't noticed that you're joining too much or too little or whatever and uh, the queries will do the correct thing but maybe not efficiently and with juke from the beginning you actually have to design your queries right and with uh juke and the difference between hibernate and juke and some orms a lot of orms you'll define the schema as the classes and then it will build the database and the scheme in the back end for you yeah it's it's bring your schema to Juke, right? Exactly. So um, the idea of Juke is uh, the fact that you're using Java is maybe it's maybe temporary even. So maybe tomorrow or in a year or two you want to use uh, JavaScript or whatever, but your database will stay. So I'm, I'm with this background. I'm a very uh, SQL-oriented person, a very relational-oriented person, as they used to have a lot of people in the 90s, but uh, it's, it's a bit more rare today. Um, but from experience, I really think data uh, has mass. So I'm quoting uh, uh, Conor McDonald. No, it's not Conor McDonald. I forgot who it said by Oracle. But data has mass. So data actually sits there and is inert, and, and your application can move very quickly. You can redesign your application very quickly, but you're not going to redesign your database very quickly. So Chances are that a legacy system has a schema that will not change easily, and you want to have the schema as the source of truth, not your Java code. So it's a different mindset. Um, for instance, when you want to prototype stuff, having Java code as the source of truth or whatever in the client might be faster in, in the prototyping phase. But even when you're using JPA, I think you, you want to switch to, to the uh, database-first approach at some point because that stuff is going to stay and maybe your, your client design might change. And I, th and, uh, I think another thing that happens frequently in my jobs is maybe you have a Java client and a Python client or whatever for some scripting and, and you don't want you, you to work with a schema that is not nicely designed with DDL. Yeah, and, and I think that you know the query design and, and schema design is actually becoming more and more a lost art, which is a shame because that's where you can get yeah. a lot more performance and scalability with your applications. Absolutely. Um, it's Absolutely. Yeah. And so I've noticed this when I did the SQL training. So I used to have only a training about SQL language features like window functions and performance. And then I added a, a third day of training about normalization. I thought no one was going to buy that. Because everyone already knows, right? This, this is old stuff. Maybe some junior developers might might be interested. But you'd be surprised how many people actually wanted to learn or relearn how to properly normalize a schema, how to get the third normal form. This is, as you say, it's a lost art. And that's a shame because where I have seen the most uh, performance benefit, the most scalability, the most security actually, is in that uh, yeah, designing of the schema and designing of the, the actual mm -hmm. database architecture. 
But now we've moved into this phase where everything is cloud-oriented, database as a service. Everybody wants it easy, as easy as they can get it. And that's great, except people start to lose those skills. And the funny thing is, when you start to lose those skills, your databases become bigger. They become less flexible. Mm -hmm. And as that happens, you spend more money because now all of a sudden, like, you know, like your, your, your tables are 10 times the size in, in the cloud you pay per gigabyte and Absolutely. everything else. So it's it's kind of a crazy thing. Yeah, dynamic. every time you have to migrate your data, you have a lot more complex migrations instead of just adding and dropping a little bit of data. Yeah. So you have even even that, yeah. right? Yeah. More data transfer as well. Yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a slippery slope there. It really is. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 Juke, you know, you, you know, it, it is a fully supported product. It's open source. So anybody can go download it today. And if they need help, you know, like you, you have a model that is, um, you know, offers support for folks who are looking for um, help as well, correct? Yeah, so there's community support on Stack Overflow or GitHub, uh, which is free of charge, but uh, of, of course, no guarantees. And uh, paying customers, regardless of the, the database product they're using, if they're paying customers, they get premium support uh, by email directly. So uh, usually people don't actually need support for Juke because it's just SQL. So it's, it's kind of, the goal is it's really straightforward. If you know SQL, you know Juke, but obviously we help people uh, get their SQL queries right all the time. So uh, that still happens. So you do a lot, like a lot of the but support you do is SQL hard. help? Yeah, but it's not a very support-intensive uh, a product, I'd say. Um, from the beginning, I've tried to focus my marketing on people who actually uh, appreciate SQL. So I never, well, I did some some ranting about JPA in the past, uh, how Juke is better and blah, blah. But uh, I think I've, I've grown past that kind of marketing. And, and I'm not marketing Juke or advertising Juke as a good product for people who like an ORM. I mean, if you want to work with your objects and your object graph, then please use an ORM. But if you want to work with SQL, I think then Juke is going to be a good solution. And those people already know a lot of SQL and they will find Juke just perfect for them because it lets them do exactly what they want, but in a, in a more type safe way. So it's not really a support business like other open source businesses, which is kind of mean, right? So uh, to, to make money, we actually have to uh, have commercial licenses, I think, because it's such a great product. <laughs> okay. And... You know, what, what license is this released under right now? So the open source edition is a Apache 2.0 license. Okay. So so it's very permissive. Mm. I know a lot of people right now are moving in, in exploring the different licenses. So having a permissive license, in my opinion, works out to your favor because you'll get more people to adopt. So are you seeing... Yes, of course. Of course. Are you seeing a lot of adoption so far in a lot of enterprises? Is that a, is that a, a space that has started to, to take notice? Yes, of course. I don't know who is using the open source edition. Um, they obviously don't uh, tell me, but um, the paying customers, they're from all sorts of uh, companies, including Fortune 100s. And uh, I think Juke is being used everywhere by now. So I've seen different um, different surveys in the past. Like five years ago, I think Juke had about between 4 and 6% market share compared to Hibernate, which has maybe 40 or 50 some market share for JDBC, uh, pure JDBC applications. And from my download uh, and, and customer uh, statistics, that has grown. I, I haven't seen another survey that actually checked uh, on, on SQL frameworks because it's gone a bit out of fashion to, to ask about that. So these surveys typically ask about cloud and, and these kind of yeah, things. Yeah. 
But I think yeah. the market share should be around seven, eight percent now. So it's it's quite big. Everyone who is really into this uh, topic is 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 uh, using Juke now. Very cool. There's hardly any alternative in this domain. So in this niche. So. In yeah. your experience, and you've done SQL coding for a long time, and you've helped people, you know, design things. You've given training. What would you say is the number one problem that developers continually fall into um, when trying to build their databases and design their applications when it comes to SQL? I think the number one problem is to not version control uh, their database from the beginning. So they want to just try around a little bit and add some table here and some table there. And before they, they know it, they, they go live with, with some create table scripts, and it's a complete mess. So they don't think about how to increment their database schema. So and if you have to do that after the fact, it's, it's much harder to get it right. So I think number one problem for developers is to, from the beginning, use something like Liquibase or Flyway or whatever tool helps you be very diligent and very careful about your database schema design, of course, as we discussed earlier, but also evolution. So the database schema evolution is, is one of the still, I think, unsolved problems. So uh, Flyway offers a lot of uh, simple tooling to just uh, get the, uh, the database increment scripts in the right order, but it's it's just very script-based, so you can do everything the database can do, but it's script-based, you have to do everything manually. Liquibase offers a little bit more help with the XML or, or uh, YAML or JSON format, I think, what they're doing. And um, so, so you have some abstraction over the dialects and syntax and, and maybe a little bit easier to manage. But you have to do a lot of stuff manually. I think there's still a room for a new vendor to, to solve problems in this area. Uh, but even if, that, if that's not available yet, you should you should think about how to properly increment your database changes and, and version control them. So it's really weird that we're using version control for all languages, but not for SQL. The, I, I kind of don't understand that, right? Yeah, this is true. And I think this has driven a lot of people over to the NoSQL camp where their claim is, oh, it's schemaless until you run into performance yeah. problems and, and scalability issues, then all of a sudden the first thing is, oh, well, you didn't design the schema properly. <laughs> yeah, and it's not schema-less at all. I mean, I, I tend to not use that term. It's, it's very misleading. Uh, I, I tend to distinguish between a schema on write, which is like relational databases, where you have a schema enforcement when you write to the database, whereas NoSQL databases are often schema on read. You have a schema, it's just, it's just discovered uh, when you read the database, right? But there it is. You get the schema and you discover it on the fly. Yes. Right? So yeah. I think it's better to, yeah. to, to enforce it when you write so you know exactly what's in the database. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's just us, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. we know these things. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate these things. But of course, again, it makes it harder to prototype and to, to I mean, if you want to move fast in the beginning of a project, Getting this part right is, is the hardest part because you have to do a lot more upfront work than if you have something like a NoSQL database where you can just dump everything into a box and then throw it away and then dump it in the next box uh, as you evolve your product before you go live. But again, if you, if you start planning for your schema evolution from the beginning, then this is not going to be a problem in the long run. Okay, great. And if if people want to help with Juke and they want to, you know, either contribute, provide, you know, uh, open up bugs, you know, how, how do they get involved in the community? The best way is on GitHub for bugs or the mailing list uh, for uh, questions. So uh, it's not a 
much of a, uh, an open source uh, project in the classical sense where, where there's a lot of contributors. So contributors are usually people who report bugs, of course. Uh, we always appreciate that. But for instance, uh, the tests are not open source, so you can't uh, you can't just make a pull request and and run our integration test and see if you're still doing it right. So that's part of the business model to not open source the tests, kind of like SQLite does. I don't know if you if you've seen that, but SQLite has some tests open and some tests closed, which helps uh, Richard Hip keep control over the the uh, intellectual property. So uh, we don't have to test open source. So this is this means a lot of people don't actually contribute code. Uh, the other reason is I, I actively discourage this, um, contributing code because I think the way GitHub handles this is hardly ever the right way. Um, everyone could just dump some code uh, on GitHub and, and, and ask the maintainers to please uh, merge that. And it's a lot of work. And contributors usually don't actually know the roadmap, don't know how feature X interacts with feature Y, and they're actually not skilled enough to, to do that work. And it's the best way is usually not to contribute code, but to contribute ideas, to contribute use cases, okay. uh, to document okay. stuff, to, to say, okay, this is a clutch. How, how can I do this better? Actually, just or ordinary customer support cases is the way we, uh, we like to receive um, contributions in the best way. I think that's the best way to interact. Yeah, and honestly, most open source. Yeah, honestly, uh, the, what I've seen is the best contributions to most open source projects end up being feedback, um, you know, like the testing, yeah. the documentation on how to use it, um, you know, educational yeah, materials, things like that. Great. Absolutely. And you can even host that yourself. I mean, if you write blog posts, I mean, that's very helpful. It's your point of view. It's your different angle and a different perspective on the product that a vendor would never write this way. And then this may be very helpful for someone else. Yeah. Okay. Well, Lucas, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate you taking, you know, uh, a little bit of your time to explain uh, Juke and where it's at. Uh, I, I really enjoyed our quick conversation here. And um, I appreciate you uh, coming on. Perfect. Thank you, Matt. All right. Wow. What a great episode that was. We really appreciate you coming and checking it out. We hope that you love open source as much as we do. If you like this video, go ahead and subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And of course, tune in to next week's episode. We really appreciate you coming and talking open source with us.